Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling and thank you so much for joining me for this episode 31. And as we present this, it's the last one for 2016. It's New Year's Eve in Sydney as I'm recording this and uh, we're wrapping up the year. When we started in April 2016, I didn't know two things. Two things I wasn't sure about. Number one, would I get any guests on the show? Just starting from scratch, being an unknown quantity. Number two, would anyone listen if I did, if I got someone to talk to? And um, yeah, I'm very happy that both of those things have worked out. So in terms of guests, I knew a few people who were doing some really great stuff and it was wonderful to have them uh, come on board, but I also reached out to a lot of people I did not know, um, just people whose work I admired and um, ended up with some fantastic guests, people taking the leap of faith to be on a, on a brand new podcast. So that's cool. And I really appreciate all our guests. We've got some wonderful guests coming up as well, moving into 2017. Okay, the second thing, if I've got some guests, I didn't know if anyone would listen, but I am happy to report that people are listening, including you. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, it's been wonderful. Our, our numbers have been slowly but steadily growing throughout those eight months and uh, we're having a wider reach which is really cool which is really cool so thank you so much for listening and thank you for those of you who've been sharing our episodes through our social media or however you do that we uh, really appreciate that it makes a big difference to to us here so keep doing it you know you can find us on facebook and instagram we're also um, available for subscription on itunes and stitcher and you can go to our our sort of blog page where the episodes are as well that is guitarspeakpodcast.libson.com Alright, on to today's interview. I speak to Paul Roney from Roney Guitars on the west coast of America. Now, Paul builds these incredible guitars. The first one I ever noticed was uh, an Oceana model being played by our one of our guests, Sarah Lipstate, who, who performs as Novella. Um, an incredible guitar. And eventually I checked out more of Paul's stuff, which is uh, absolutely brilliant. Paul also co-hosts a great podcast called The Luthierist 2.0 with our, again, with another one of our friends, Sully from Sully Guitars. And uh, it's a great podcast for builders, but even people like me who have no idea but love learning new stuff about um, guitars. Paul has great insight and knowledge on guitars and a really cool story as well. So here it is, Paul Roney from Roney Guitars. All right, Paul Roney from Roney Guitars. Welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. I've been um, I've been a fan of your guitars for a while now, and of your podcast, The Luthierist, that you do with Sully, which is really cool. As oh, well. that old thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Hey, I'm wondering. Yeah, we have um, fun. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's it's a heaps fun podcast. We should talk to that. Um, but first, I want to talk about your own your own designing and, and building and stuff. Most most builders I talked to were playing guitar first. Was was that the case for you? Did you start out as a player before you were a builder? Yeah, I actually uh, started out as a drummer. Um, originally, that was kind of like the instrument that I decided that I was going to learn and, and pursue. And then um, I got kind of sick of lugging around the drums <laughs> like they're big and heavy and nobody helped me load yeah, yeah. Um, so um 
I got kind of sick of lugging around drums and I would pick up guitars and I always had fun plucking around on them, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I decided to go ahead and take lessons. It was kind of um, my community college uh, growing up had a, a you know, guitar program beginning in sort of advanced guitar classes. And um, the teacher was a friend of my dad's. Uh, they played in bands together. My dad was a drummer. Ah, and cool. um, they, they, so they, so I already knew the guy. And then I also, like, I got high school credit for, I got high school and college credit simultaneously for taking these guitar classes. Oh, nice. So I was able to graduate high school a semester early. Fantastic. Sorry about the phone over there. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so I started taking lessons and... Um, you know, just really started getting super into guitars. I mean, I was always fascinated with like the history of them and, and I've always been a tinkerer. Like, you know, I take things apart and, um, you know, I, I just did that with guitars and, uh, kind of, I guess just got totally obsessed. I played in bands and stuff. Um, and as like, as a drummer and a guitar player, I played in bands and I had, um, a lot of fun doing it, but I, I just like all my guitar player buddies around me were always getting like way better at playing guitar. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and I was always just like, Oh, I still kind of suck over here. Like, I'm just not, and I still like, I'm pretty terrible. I'm just really like, I've never been a good guitar player. Um, but yeah, at some point in time I started taking them apart, putting them back together again, doing setups for my friends on their guitars and things like that. And, and so, you know, I was kind of pretty intimately familiar with, uh, how guitar worked and then that kind of you know how the building thing started yeah cool that's that's great were you um were there particular designs and things you loved to play like when you were playing that maybe influenced um your designing when you when you eventually did that yeah totally i mean um i my first love was uh les paul's i just always but those were the coolest looking guitar on, on the planet, you know, uh -huh. like a Les Paul custom Yes, yeah. in black with all the binding and the split diamond and block inlays and all that stuff. Like awesome. Les Paul custom was always just like the sexiest guitar in the world to me, you know? <laughs> um, and so that definitely uh, influenced a lot of like what I build, you know, most of my guitars are like set neck designs with the, that, that 24 and three quarter scale length. And, okay. Yeah. You know, the, the sort of Gibson style uh, neck and nut width and, you know, bindings and everything. I, you know, I love, I love binding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but then, but then other influences started to come along too. I started, I like, I, I, uh, I fell in love with uh, Fender Jazz Masters. Yep. Yep. Cool. And so then that became the sort of the other really big thing. And when I first got into building, it was like a lot of my designs well, a lot of my designs still, like everything that I do is kind of, you know, mashups of classics. And I try to take it, I try to take it out pretty far. Like I try to be uh, pretty, you know, creative about it. Um, uh -huh. But, you know, like my, my, my main design, like the number one guitar that I do is the Oceana. And it's, it's what you get when you mash up a Les Paul with a Jazz Master and a Supra. Oh, man. So, yeah, you know, it, just like, like melded all those things together and then tried to put my own unique twists on it as well. Um, so yeah, it was like Les Paul's jazz masters. And then I discovered the Supro stuff, all those mm -hmm. fiberglass body guitars yeah, that Falco cool. made in the sixties. And, um, 
it, it was you know it was all downhill from there. Let's we'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you've gone to a Les Paul to the to a Valco, but no, I totally mm-hmm. dig the vibe of those those older style guitars. Um, yeah, awesome. The um, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but um, yeah, oh, the Oceana. We'll get to that. Um, the <laughs> what what was the step then from tinkering? So you're doing setups for your friends. And eventually thinking, okay, I'm going to build something. Was that a big jump? Um, sort sort of, but not really. I don't know. Um, it, it's um, so at some point in time along along the way, like when I was still taking guitar lessons back in high school and and stuff. Um, I I met a guy named Mark Garza, and he's out in Herlong, California, and he makes uh, bases, and. Mm-hmm. The, the guy's like a woodworker by trade, you know, the cabinet maker and stuff like that, and just decided like to try his hand at making bases. And um, they were they were really cool, and I was so impressed. And he was kind of the only guy locally that was in any way, shape, or form a luthier. Like, you know, and, and he obviously was a very good one, but there just wasn't anybody else around that that could do setups and stuff because this was before I started. I knew anything about it. Yeah. And so I just bought this Ibanez Les Paul copy, and it needed a new nut, and it needed the fret, frets worked on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was the this Mark Garza was the only guy that I could kind of um, take the guitar and have it have those things done. And while I was there, I was I was just so fascinated by his shop, you know. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. You're making bases. This is just rad. And I, and I asked him, you know, a lot of the same questions that people ask me now, and, and you know, like, how did you get started? Like, where, how, when, you know. Um, and what he did was he handed me a copy of the Student Mac catalog. <laughs> he said, here you go. <laughs> Which like, is now infamous because of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And it's, um, see, it all comes full circle. Um, <laughs> but uh that that was it, it was almost like he was handing me a bible or something you know what i mean and the interesting thing about that is that the stumac catalog doesn't have lessons in it it doesn't actually teach you how to do any of the stuff it's just tools for sale okay yeah and yep. and then in the back of the the the, the cat, of the catalog there's books you can buy that actually teach you how to do the stuff and so i but I just, I read that catalog, like I just read it cover to cover, you know, like just the descriptions of the tools and just knowing the descriptions of the tools, just knowing like, oh, okay. okay so there are fret leveling files and fret crowning files. And then it's like, okay, well, what's the difference in, in what order do you do those things in and why would you need both tools? And, you know, like mm-hmm. I had all these questions in my head and just reading the catalog. I was able to kind of start to dissect some of that stuff and say, okay, well, first you level the frets and then you crown them, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, and, and that's going to take you two different files or whatever. And um, uh, and then and, the, and then there was just a lot of over the years of like, you know, just messing with my personal guitars, um, sure. doing setups for friends and things like that. But then jump forward like years later, I had um, I was in a band and we were playing a lot of shows locally back up in Chico and um, like we wanted to play more shows. And so we kind of talked about it as a band about moving to a bigger city. And we all kind of agreed that Portland, Oregon was going to be where we were going to go. And then something came up with uh, my girlfriend at the time and, and a neighbor that we had nearby that was being uh, violent 
and all this just like drama stuff, right? Uh-huh. And so me and the girlfriend decided, well, let's just move to Portland now. It's like a few months ahead of time, but the, and you know the band will be on hiatus for a few months while everybody's relocating. Sure. But then, you know, uh, we'll, we'll we'll reunite and find a place to practice up in Portland. Um, and uh, so I made that move, and the rest of the band didn't. Um, it basically broke up the band. So okay. I had basically moved to Portland, which is something I'd wanted to do anyway, but I'd moved to Portland for this band that I didn't have anymore. I had quit going to college because I wanted to play music in this band. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wasn't in college anymore. I ne- I didn't, I always knew I was like, I wanted to be a teacher, but I didn't know what I wanted to teach. I never had like one subject that was like, Oh, I'm so awesome at math and science. Uh-huh. I'm going to teach that. It was like, I just, I didn't know what I was going to teach. So I was, I, I basically was at a point in my life where I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, you know? Um, and then I went to Powell's books, uh, in, in Portland and I found a section of books about guitar making. Cool. There's just like, you know, a shelf, like this one little shelf, Mm -hmm. like two feet wide by, you know, whatever and all the books were about guitar making and, and a lot of it was there was like a lot of uh, acoustic guitar making stuff arch top guitar making stuff yeah um but there was a few of those that were about electric guitars and i just started flipping through them and uh i was like i i already have some of these tools just yeah. from all the tinkering i've done over the years it looks like if i buy a router <laughs> <laughs> and some plywood <laughs> yeah. to make templates that i can probably make some guitars that sounds like a lot of fun like that's gonna be a cool that might be a hobby or something you know and it's kind of seemed like if it went well and i enjoyed it maybe that would be you know a way to make a career and that's that's basically what happened and i just um started buying the other tools that i needed started uh just practice practice you know just just cut up wood every chance i got and um I guess you could say the rest is history. You know, just I just made really bad guitars for a long time, <laughs> and and learn and learned the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know, and, and to get to where I am now. Yeah. Woo! Fantastic. Man. There you go. The what, backstory. That is cool. Do you remember the first guitar you built? Yeah, I mean, I built a lot of like parts and, and just just bodies. Um, okay. Yeah. And necks that kind of never really got made it together and never really got finished uh-huh. um but my first guitar was like a really early version of the oceana oh, okay um and uh at the time it was called the oceanic yep. um and i only made that one and then i stared at that thing for like two years just stared at it hanging on my wall hating it because i just it was, it was just poor design you know it was not nothing was good about it <laughs> it was just really bad okay. um the design and then the, also the execution of it so it was kind of a matter of like i gotta tighten up my building i gotta tighten up my paintwork i gotta you know it was like all the the craftsmanship part of it but then also staring at that thing and just you know wanting to redesign and reproportion the, the shape of it yeah. um and then uh and i did that i basically spent two years making making bodies and necks and parts and and hardly ever finishing anything um 
you know, every once in a while, I'm, you know, somebody might say, hey, can you build me a base six? And then I would make a base six okay. or yep. something. And um, and then, yeah, it was like two years of redesigning the computer um, to get to the second Oceana that I ever made, which is, I call it the first Oceana because the, okay. the first yep. one was Oceanic, you know, and then this sure. is Oceana. So I call that one the first, and it really was the first, and it, it, it's it's um, the, the the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth um, Oceanas. There are some slight design tweaks mm-hmm. within them yeah. still, but um, pretty much after that, they've been consistently the same design. Okay, that I'm, you know, I still do, I still do today, and I'm very proud of it. Yeah, the um, the Oceana actually that's the first guitar of yours that I. Um that drew my attention um and that was when sarah lipstate started playing uh the, oh, cool. the one you made for her yeah which would have been yeah, yeah i don't know midway through this year i guess yeah about that yeah i that guitar i was originally um i was making it for myself i wanted and i wanted a guitar of my own yep. and i have that beautiful copper mastery kit and uh, i didn't want to give it up and um so I was going to make it for myself. And then she said that she was playing in L.A. Yeah, she had um, a residency or something back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she was going to be there for like three or four days. And she she tweeted something about how she didn't have, she could only bring one guitar with her. Okay, yep, yep. And that that's a, that's a difficult thing because she plays in a lot of different tunings. Mm-hmm. So I think she was kind of lamenting the, the fact that she didn't have, um, couldn't, couldn't bring more than one guitar or, and so I just said, "What if I, what if I sent you something, like, what if I sent you a guitar that you could play?" Um, and and, and so originally it was just that she was just going to borrow it, you know, um, and just for the residency. And she she very much fell in love with it. Um, and you know, I, I was going to ask for it back, and ultimately just decided that it's just it's too much. It's hers, you know. It's like too much a part of what she does. Uh-huh. So it's just it's her guitar now i was going to make her a paramour but then um you know now i'm moving back up to portland and uh uh all this stuff so i'm, I'm not going to be building anything for a while sure. so i just thought well it's it take me way too long to build a, a brand new guitar and everything so i just i just let her keep the oceana oh, there you go she's um she's obviously using it on heaps of stuff i think um i think she mm-hmm. ended up putting some some of her new album ended up being played on that guitar um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, yeah, it's out soon. It's um, I've heard some sneak peeks. It sounds amazing. So it's um, yeah, yeah she's, she's incredible. Great. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, she's certainly yeah, she's certainly getting that guitar out and about, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So your designs, like you mentioned before, like you're, you're drawing on a lot of vintage inspiration. But you're to- what I love about about your guitars, Paul, is that they totally have a. Um, like a fresh take on them, I don't, I don't instantly add up the different um, points of inspiration when I see them. I just think, man, that's a cool guitar. It's got a kind of a vintage vibe, but doing its own thing. Um, I think is it the okay. Zodiac design? I, I read recently yeah. you're, you're building a Zodiac. You said it's the only non-original design that that you were still making. What's what's the right. origins of the Zodiac? Um, so I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it cause it's an Italian word, but it looks like Miazzi, I think M M E A Z Z I. Okay. Yeah. So it's this Italian, uh, guitar brand from the sixties that, um, is, they, they made all kinds of cool stuff if you just look them up. Um, but 
Yeah, they made one called the Zodiac. And so I I decided some time ago that I wasn't going to make copies of guitars anymore. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do, you know, I wanted to strictly do my own original designs. But the Zodiac right. was kind of the one that I just felt like I couldn't, I just really, really wanted to make them. I, you know, it's it's it, it's not an original design. I've done enough of like my own, I build it my own way. It's not really like a, it's not a full copy, you know? Sure. Um, I I definitely do my own thing with it, but uh, it's still essentially the same, you know, the same design or it's, it's very obviously, you know, uh, what it is. And so, yeah, so I, I just, I didn't want to, I just couldn't stop making those things. I just like them too much. Um, so I, I do, I will still make those. Cool. Yeah. It's very, nice. it's very cool design. Very cool guitar. It is very cool. It reminded me, um, this is going to sound really bad. It reminded me a little bit of a Gibson Corvus, but mm. if, if the Gibson Corvus was cool, which it's not, but right. the Zodiac, <laughs> man, it, it's like That's a fair. can opener, that thing. Oh, they're, yeah, they're real bad. Real, yeah. real bad. <laughs> so it sounds like I'm doing the Zodiac a misservice, but the Zodiac is infinitely cool. So it's yeah. like they got that right. What sort of improvements yeah. do those kind of old school guitars need in terms of design that you put into, um, into your take on them? Um, it, it depends on the guitar. You know, there's definitely a lot of guitars that came out many years ago that are just perfect the way they are. But... Um, Italy in the '60s is not exactly known for making the best guitars. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, they did make some. They're like, don't get me wrong, but there are there was kind of there was some clunkers, you know. Like, sure. Honestly, um, <laughs> and uh, um, it, I've never actually played an original Miazzi Zodiac or anything else made by them. But you can look at some pictures and you can kind of see like some some you know pretty poor looking hardware and. Uh, uh, it's, it's obvious if you, it's obvious that the necks are uh, substantially massive chunks of wood uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and things like that. So, you know, um, what improvements do they need? I guess you know we, we just modern manufacturing, uh, you know, uh, capabilities and w- tailoring it more to like uh, real you know players that would uh, might actually want to play it. Yeah, uh, sure. And, and 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 not need a tetanus shot and things like that. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so yeah <laughs> nice one um one of the roadhouse uh not roadhouse one of the zodiacs i've i've, I've seen that you've built has roadhouse pickups mm-hmm. with um those 12 slug mm-hmm. pickups they look really cool oh yeah what, what? yeah that was an original design uh idea that, that i came up with i, I, I was kind of looking at like old Diarmond pickups that have the um they have the screws in the middle of the coil that can adjust. Oh uh, yeah, like the height yeah. up and up and down. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, which are pretty cool looking, and so I kind of wanted to to make some pickups like that, but um, it, it was kind of almost like a visual thing at first, mm-hmm. and then it was like, okay, well, if we're going to do this visual thing, like we're not actually going to be able to put the screws in it and do the mag- you know, adjust the magnet height like that, so. What if we just add another row of magnets and, you know, how's that going to change the sound and, you know, what, are we going to wrap a coil around the whole thing? Are we going to do, do it humbucker style Mm -hmm. uh, uh, or what, you know, like it was kind of, so Ken, Ken at Roadhouse Pickups and I, um, you know, we chat on the phone and we, we try to come up with crazy ideas all the time. Um, 
it's kind of our thing, you know. Nice. We like things that are weird and different and out of the ordinary, so we try to come up with um, cool ideas. And that was just one of those things, you know, one of those ideas that we saw through, you know. So they're basically just Jazzmaster pickups with an extra row of magnets in okay. them. Okay, yep. Um, and they sound uh, like they just kind of take your head off. <laughs> they were noisy. Like, that was the drawback is they're pretty noisy. Okay. As Jazzmaster pickups tend to be anyway, yes. but these were kind of maybe a little extra noisy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just in terms of picking up, like, the, you know, radio interference, 60-cycle hum, that kind of thing. And um, they really, uh, they were noisy, but they sounded pretty amazing. Yeah, just cool. huge, huge, fat pickups. Well, I read somewhere, or I heard someone say, I don't, I don't know who said it, but I've, I've adopted it ever since. A little bit of noise never hurt anyone. Mm. If the tones work. Yeah, that's fair. Know, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. With I the, agree. Um, I don't get bothered by uh, single coil noise. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Maybe just between songs, just turn your guitar down. Like, that's all. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think all those... Hit that mute button on your tuner. Yeah, man. I think all those Jazzmaster guys that make a lot of noise, I think they get good at, you know, hitting the distortion boxes and turning them off when they don't want them and, you know, turning the volume down and all that kind of gear. Were they noisy, these Roadhouse ones, were they noisy because you're, it's still essentially a single coil, but you've got a larger amount of, of coil? Yeah, I mean, I think the coil itself was probably um, similar size to the, um, to like a Jazzmaster pickup, yeah, okay. but the extra magnets and just they're, I think they're just pretty hot pickups in general. And, okay. you know, it's just that kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. They look awesome. They look, they look super cool. But you've, um, you've also come up with a really ingenious way of, um, uh, the bolt on section, the, the, the neck bolt on where you're using only two bolts, I think. How, how does that thing work? And, and what's yeah. the story there? Um, so when I was developing the little stinker, it was kind of a matter of, you know, wanting to offer this, um, handmade and, uh, America guitar at a more affordable price. And so it was like, well, how, you know, let's, let's, let's strip down, like really strip down, um, everything that's going to go into it. You know, we're going to, I wanted to, uh, just you know, really simplify, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, one of the things was, was doing a bolt on neck and doing it with, you know, the, the old fashioned way with, um, the four bolt, you know, four screws in the yeah, plate. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, that's the old school original way to do it. And, yep. um, well, the plate and screws cost money, so it doesn't cost much money, but I was like, hmm, okay, how can I make that part even cheaper? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was like a cost-cutting thing, kind of, and I thought, well, if I just use some big bolts and some big washers, yeah. you know, um, I can buy those things in bulk and I can save money there. But, okay, like, how do you use big bolts and washers and create a stable neck joint, you know, with only, like, two bolts? And so I beveled it. So the, the heel has, you know, it's like a 15-degree angle uh, bevel that goes down, it tapers, and then the, the neck pocket does the same thing. Yeah. It You know, it tapers in. So it kind of it tapers down to where those two bolts are, so it's kind of self-aligning. Okay. Um, and there's, there's pressure on the bottom, and there's pressure on the sidewalls as well. Wow, that's um, cool. And they're very... They're very meaty bolts, you know. They're very big. Uh, they're, you know, 
quarter 20 bolts, which is far bigger than, uh, you know, the screws in a strat. And, um, yeah, that, that, you know, that makes it real secure and, uh, just, just a, it's a strong neck joint. Yeah. Cool. You're probably getting, um, uh, yeah, secure. You're probably getting a good, um, transference of vibrations too, if you've got pressure on the different sides. Yeah. Rather yeah, than absolutely. just on the, on the back, like an old school kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a better neck joint. Um, and there's, it's, it's not like I'm the first guy to do it. There's other guys uh, that are doing it now. Tom Anderson guitar works, does it. Um, Nystrom guitars does a, does a beveled neck pocket. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Um, you know, they're, they're, the way they do the screws might be different from the way I do it, but it's still the same concept. But, you know, it also throws all the way back to my Supro influence, because if you look at those old, um, you know, fiberglass body Supro guitars, they have three bolts and um, two of them are for holding the neck in place. One of them is for setting the neck angle. Ah, okay. But it's a beveled neck pocket. If cool. you look really closely, you can wow. see there's a bevel in the in, in the thing. It's, it's almost the exact same joint that I'm doing. Um, there's just has it has the third bolt for setting the neck angle which mine does not have i just okay. i just build an angle into it yeah sure cool that's awesome though i love that you're trying to come up with something to fit your spec and to fit the cost you had in mind and yet you've come up with something it's actually quite innovative and uh it's doing a great job at the same time that's really cool yeah it was kind of one of those things where when when i realized what what was going on when i when i actually made the made the decision to go ahead and do it that way mm-hmm. um i was just really excited because it, I, you know it, it's like oh this is really cool i'm making something better and it's also it's it's also like a cost cutting thing so it i can sell the guitar for cheaper and it was it's like win-win all yeah, around absolutely you know? nice and if anything i mean just by looking at it at least it looks like the upper fret access is probably going to be a little bit easier without a big clunky neck plate yeah, actually, it's it's cool because of the way that bevel is. Because I just sort of like run the cutaway up yeah, to the yeah. up to the end of the heel, um, and it's actually there's actually like less meat there than than in your typical uh, bolt neck joint. Cool, man. That's great. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. Hey, so as as you mentioned a bit earlier, you're taking a bit of a break. Um, and relocating mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, yeah. But I did hear you, uh, you've got a guitar teching gig in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been pushed back, uh, like a couple of times, just the, you know, the band is still booking the shows and things like that. Um, and, but, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at going overseas and playing at some military bases, um, and probably sometime in the summer like a, a six-week uh, u.s tour kind of a thing awesome. um it's a first for me you know i've never done a guitar tech uh job before but it uh-huh. seemed like a cool a cool uh way to get out and see the world you know do some traveling and yeah. it's like and, and it's like a paid job so you know really appeals to me yeah that sounds really cool would you be doing um yeah uh, as guitar tech, obviously you're taking for the guitars, but would you be looking after amps and effects rigs as well, or we just specialize on on the actual? Yeah, guitars? I mean, I, I assume so. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that it's uh, it's full, you know, loading equipment in and out and uh, maintaining 
rigs, you know, the the whole thing. Um, cool. It, not not just making sure that the guitars are playable, but yeah. you know, if uh, if an amp is suddenly not making noise for some reason when it should be, uh, you know, go and troubleshoot the problem. Sure. Awesome. Which which I think I think I'm uh, you know I think I know what I can I think I know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know I, what I'm doing in that department. Absolutely. I mostly know how gear works. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, you, you, you could not only fix the guitar; you could just build a whole new one if if needs be. So that's very mm-hmm. cool. Um, can you mention the artist yet, or are you just waiting till you get some dates locked in? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're waiting. Um, sure. Uh, until I guess until the um, the shows are are booked or whatever. Sure, I mean, fair enough. I, don't, I mean, I could. I could probably mention it, but I just, I don't know if, uh, I, I don't, um, I don't know how they'd feel about that or whatever, but I mean, I can give you a hint. It's a band that, uh, was kind of, uh, really big in the late nineties, early two thousands. It was kind of like, uh, you know, uh-huh. mega, mega radio hits, um, cool. that kind of thing, you know, top, you know, top 40, like blockbuster mega hits platinum selling records that kind of thing nice um right around that time frame cool sounds good and uh, and they've been they've, and they've been going strong ever since they, they're still still putting out really good records and uh awesome. you know selling out shows and everything nice man that sounds great that sounds really cool yeah hope that that works out really well yeah i'm looking forward to it very yeah. cool and um in in all the while you've been um uh, running the Lutherist podcast with, with Sully from Sully Guitars. That's, that's yeah. a really cool show. Mm-hmm. When, uh, Thanks, yeah. When did that start? Because you've done over 100 episodes, I know now. So oh, you must yeah, have been for have. a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it started, I want to say, about two years ago, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, you're, that's probably right. Yeah, because you're pretty much weekly, I think. Yeah, it's weekly at this point. It yeah. wasn't originally. Like It, it kind of started weekly. No, it started. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> it started with uh, it was uh, you know the the girl I was with at the time. We we hosted it together, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was mostly, I guess, answering listener questions and then or or just kind of co- trying to cover topics like uh, let's just do an episode on the finishing process and go through the steps of you know how to how how we paint a guitar or whatever uh-huh. you know, um, and. Then um, uh, her and I split up, and she moved away, and uh, uh, I was, you know, going through a lot in in my personal life at that time, and and so the podcast really kind of fell by the wayside. It was really kind of like something that I didn't have the time to even think about. Sure. Um, Plus, I didn't have a co-host anymore, and I didn't know... I just didn't really know what I was was doing with it. Didn't even know if I wanted to keep it it up or whatever. Um, Yeah. And then Sully came along and he just said, Hey man, you know, I, I just love this podcast. Like I, I don't want it to go anywhere. Like it's one of my favorite things. Like, please, like, what if I, what if I'm your co-host? Like, what if we do this together? Like, can I, like, can we try to record, you know, do it through Skype, you know, like so many podcasts are done. And, uh, I was like, okay, I mean, I guess we can try. And so we tried and it just worked really well it was like sully's really funny and um you know he's he's very smart and 
it, it's yeah i mean it's it's just been going ever since then and we struggled a little bit like at first to keep it consistent but um now we've got it pretty well dialed in because um one or the other of us will do an interview yeah. uh with another guitar maker um and if we don't have any interviews that week we just do it together yeah and we've yeah. Put a show out every week for at least the, like the last year, I want to say. Wow, that's great. You know, the show's the show's gone out every week. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm, Over a hundred. Brilliant. Man, I don't even build anything, but I really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> probably firstly, because you and Sully, you you guys are great together, um, and I really like how you come from totally different guitar planets. He Sully is you know fairly firmly yeah. planted yeah. or established, I should say, in the eighties. His guitars are a bit pointier than yours, and not yeah, quite as offset. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because then, you, nope. then there's different, um, yeah, there's, there's the different perspectives and things. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love it also because I, I end up learning a lot about electric guitars um, just by hearing from these builders. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, even yeah. for the non-builder guys, yeah. there's, there's definitely something in it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we try for an entertaining show, um, you know, regardless of what the subject is or who's on the show or whatever, you know, it's, it's fun to geek out for the geeks that are into that sort of thing. But it's also, I think it's also really cool to just have some comedy and have some people talk about their life, you know, and, um, just as much as I'm interested in, you know, hearing about, uh, you know, Pete Malinowski's, uh, building techniques. Uh, I also just want to hear his story about, you know, his art and how he got to where he is you know and that kind of thing so it's it's just about life you know it's about people it's about experiences and you know all that kind of stuff um yeah it fascinates me and, and and so that's really kind of what it's all about so we try to we try to do a good mixture of um you know humor and actual real you know hard information yeah um and uh and techniques and things like that and then uh um and then mostly just a lot of drinking <laughs> well that's why i'm that's why i mentioned the stew mac catalog you know i haven't actually heard those episodes have I, you not I, <laughs> that's, no well it's one episode it's one episode and it's like two hours long <laughs> it's, it's uh yeah yeah that was a fun one it was um I don't even. Where did we get the idea? Somebody, I think somebody just suggested it, or I, I don't, I don't remember. But we, it was me and Sully and Doug Cower, okay, and yeah. um, and a whole lot of bourbon, <laughs> just <laughs> a lot. And um, we, yeah, so we we dissected this the student map catalog. We basically just went page by page talking about all the stuff in it, and um. It ended up being about two hours long with a whole lot of yelling. <laughs> <laughs> so he shouted about stainless steel frets uh, enough times that he still has yet to live it down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I was kind of the most put together one, um, honestly, but <laughs> it was it definitely went uh, off the rails uh, quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That's the magic of the podcast. Uh, you can you can do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I, I still I, I'm, I'm enjoying it more and more these days. As um, you know, I, I have help. Um, like I can't I can't emphasize 
is enough how how helpful it is to me that Sully uh, is takes on so much responsibility to make uh-huh. sure the podcast goes up every week. Yeah, cool. Um, and uh, so it just it, it gives me the you know the freedom of mind to to just be excited about it and keep keep up the you know keep it going. Yeah, great. Rolling along. Yeah. yeah, excellent. And in um and in Portland, I get the idea. There's a really um there's a pretty vibrant instrument building and and uh, gear building scene up there. So um, yeah, there really is. I'm on a mailing list of um you know guitar maker types, um you know and and associated friends uh up in Portland, and it's because they do they do like a potluck every year, and um actually a couple times a year. There's one really great um he. Uh, a guy named Mark Roberts who makes uh, uh, ukuleles. Ukule- mm-hmm. He calls them ukuleles. But, okay. But we know them as ukuleles. Yeah, um, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he makes uh, they're, he's a phenomenally good uh, uh, maker, you know, luthier. And um, he's, he's really taken it on himself to organize these events. And uh, we, you know, I've been to a couple, you know, from like the first, I was at the first one and, you know, I've been to a couple more um, when I lived in Portland, and then uh, since I moved, since we down here, I haven't been to one. But um, I'm looking forward to getting together with those guys again. But there's yeah. like the the point of all of that uh, is the community, and that mailing list is like 50 people. I mean, it's just insane. Wow. Um, and you know, there, there's of course guys that i talk about all the time like sal cole and uh roger giffen who were up there um but then and and then there's also like uh peter sorba and um what's that guy's name kerr oh i'm totally blanking on his name but he's amazing um anyway uh i I think even um uh, there's there's todd milet is up there there's uh so many more I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but anyway, yeah, sure. um, Matt Proctor, Brian Watson, those guys are all up there. Um, anyway, there's just all these really great guys up there, and you know everybody's friends. It's cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I guess I mentioned that. Um, yeah, there's there's probably a bunch of guys up there that might end up on future episodes as well, uh, which is really cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's. I definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping to do that. I wanna. Uh, I want to go and just go ahead and do all those interviews in person, which would be really cool. That'd be nice. There's yeah. not much. There's just not, you know, like around this area, there's just not that many people uh-huh. um, to talk to. But sure. there's a lot up there. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Paul, thanks for talking to us. Today. Is there anything we haven't covered? Anything coming up? I know. I know you're a little bit um, shifting gears, which is cool at the moment, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but I guess we be keeping um, for people who want to keep up with what you do. Um, is the Luthierist the best best point to I guess check in from from here on for a little while? Yeah, well, the Luthierist is a great place to check in and, and see what's up because you'll hear it right from the horse's mouth. You yep, know, yeah, cool. Um, Sully and I kind of recap what's going on with us uh, yeah. occasionally. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean, people can go to RoniGuitars.com. People can follow me on Instagram. I'm at RoniGuitars on there. They can yep. follow me on Twitter. I'm at Paul Roni on there. Um, they can follow my Tumblr. It's uh, RoniGuitars.tumblr.com. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm rarely on Facebook. I don't. I'm in the Luthierist Podcast Facebook group. Yeah. And I hang out there sometimes and talk to people. But 
I, I don't really post, uh, you know, anything on Facebook, other, you know, from my business page or personally. Sure. Um, so you can, you can friend request me or, uh, like my page on there, but, uh, there's, there's not, not much there. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm cool. not, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm a well-known, not, not a fan of Facebook. <laughs> sure. Well, there's so many other um, formats these days to, to get, um, to get the news out there. So that's, that's fine. That's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, with this, with this relocating thing, going back up to Portland, um, I'm my business, you know, Roni Guitars is essentially just on hold for a while. It's, sure. it's, I don't, I don't know when, or honestly, even if ever I'm going to get back to building my own guitars. Um, I'm going to, I'm staying in the industry, yeah. uh, as much as I can help it. There is a guitar company up there that, uh, I'm kind of in talks with right now. I might be, uh, working for them. Great. Um, you know, I don't want to, I can't say who it is, but, um, sure. that's a possibility. Um, and you know, and if that doesn't work out, I've got other options, um, guitar checking jobs and repair guy jobs at, uh, various, at, at some of the local music stores and, um, maybe we're working for, uh, you know, uh, some of my friends, uh, sure. again, there's like 50 people on that list. I think, yeah. you know, there ought to be at least one of them that wants to, uh, uh, have me sweep their floors. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but you know, I'm not giving up. I do hope to get back to building my own brand of guitars at some point in time, you know, um, do, I'd like to do some kind of a relaunch eventually, you know, build, Mm -hmm. build up, uh, I still have a lot of tools, but I'm going to have to like, you know, acquire more now that I don't already have, you know, so, um, yeah, you know, I'll be working on it. Um, but I'm just, I'm really looking forward to being back up there. Yeah, cool. That's great. Excellent. Well, yeah. Well, um, whatever the future brings, we hope it's really great. And um, and the stuff you've already done as as Roni Guitars is absolutely fantastic. So, congratulations on that. And um, yeah, we wish you the very best for for the new year and and moving up and all that kind of stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, cool. And thank you for joining us. It's been so good to hear a bit more about your story and all the different bits and pieces you've been up to. Oh yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. My interview with Paul Roney from Roney Guitars. Paul's a really good guy, as you heard, and a great luthierist and doing some cool stuff. The um, Luthierist Podcast 2.0 is also fantastic, so definitely check that out. Now, Paul's got three remaining Roney Guitars in stock in his inventory before he relocates. Um, those guitars are, he's got an Oceana Duotone, a Vireo, and the Zodiac, which we, which we mentioned before really cool guitars so uh definitely check out uh roni guitars again he's on the web all over the place instagram facebook um his own his own website definitely worth having a look at now you need to know paul's got three remaining roni guitars in his inventory which are available to the public he's got an oceana duotone which looks incredible he's got a vireo prototype very very cool and he's got a zodiac which is that model we spoke about uh, during the interview as well so definitely get over to uh, Roni Guitars to check those out on, on the various medias and um, yeah if you're looking for high quality guitar there you go three super cool models to check out alright hey thank you so much for joining us today on the Guitar Speak podcast 
Now we did take last week off over the Christmas break, but for January we're just powering straight through. So keep tuning in. Again, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher or iTunes. We're on guitarspeakpodcast.libsyn.com. You can download the stuff there as well. All the episodes are always free. And we've got a really cool back catalogue we're assembling, so it's, it's worth uh, digging through our different episodes to see uh, see what's there. So we, we talk to players and builders and uh, people just doing really cool guitar stuff. Lots of great interviews in the can that I'm ready to share with you. I'm excited to share and um, some great contacts I'm making too and interviews I'm lining up over the next uh, few weeks. So, yeah, keep tuning in. Okay, I'm out of here, but thank you again for tuning in thank you again for listening and uh we'll see you in 2017 on the guitar speak podcast bye now